You're listening to Radio Looks Lucid. I'm your host, Steve Matthews. Thanks for joining me for episode 54. The title of this episode is The Border Crisis and the Roman Catholic Church State. Well, you know, usually I like to start off these podcasts with, um, I don't know, with uh, maybe just a little bit of small talk or what have you. And I, I was thinking here tonight, I, I can't come up with a single really interesting thing t- to say um, that I've done in this last week. Um, I guess I must have had a pretty boring week. I guess it uh, might be too much work. I, I don't know. And anyway, I, I just I couldn't really think of anything clever to talk about. Um, I could talk about the weather, which has been... Um, you know, kind of typical April here in uh, in the area where I live. You know, it's it's been uh, it's been it's been nice. It's been sunny generally, but you know, we've had a it's been a little bit on the cool side. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but I did have a chance tonight. It's Friday night. It's actually uh, Friday night. Uh, it's uh, it's April sixteenth, twenty twenty one, and I had a chance to go down to a, a local park here and uh, take a walk. That's that's always nice. That's, that's one of my big treats that I do on a Friday. You know, I get done with work and and, and it's just nice to get outside. Uh, I'm a big believer in, in in getting outside, seeing the fresh air, and uh, and that type of thing. I, I guess that's one of the reasons why I like riding bikes as well. I usually try to go uh, go ride some on uh, on Saturdays, typically at some of the the bike trails uh, around here locally. And it's just such a great way just to get out, to get away, to, to clear my head. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's been, uh, it's a good way to get some exercise too. Um, I certainly need it. That's, uh, that's for sure. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's nice to just get out and, like I say, and walk and, hear the birds singing and see the skies and and that type of thing after spending most of my week sitting in front of a uh, a computer monitor typing out emails and doing all this other stuff so so yeah it's uh, it's definitely important to get out so i guess that was maybe my uh, my thing this past week i had a chance to get out and uh, do a little bit of walking uh, what have you well anyway um we got uh, got quite a bit going on, I guess, just to sort of in general in in society too. You know, I, it's interesting. I, I, I talk to my dad a lot about uh, about just kind of the way things are, and and he, and he and I see things the same way. So, so when we we talk about things, we're we're in agreement as as, as opposed to uh, yeah maybe. Uh, uh, butting heads we don't do that i mean we actually see eye to eye on uh on the stuff that's going on and the you know, dad always says oh we're going down fast and and you know what it's it's hard to to argue with that in fact i can't argue with that it's it's pretty evident that that, that is the case and and you see that in so many areas you know whether you're you know you see it in the economy you see it in uh in the really acrimonious kind of politics that are out there you see it in the rioting that's going on um, you see it in the the worsening worsening international tensions. I mean, the um, some of the stuff going on with uh, between the U.S. and Russia in Ukraine um, is is extraordinarily dangerous, and I don't think it's received anywhere near the kind of uh, attention that it probably should receive. Uh, but it, it's quite dangerous, and of course, you've got things going on with China. Uh, you've got things going on in the Middle East. Um, you know, in any one of these things is a flashpoint that could, um, could become quite dangerous. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff. And then of course, then we can just talk about the culture. I mean, you know, the, the, the cultural climate that we live in, you know, the, uh, whether it's the, the critical race theory or a lot of the, uh, um, other things such as the, uh, the homosexual agenda, uh, and, and how much, uh, 
you know, all of these things have uh, have come ac- have come on us at once. You know, it just seems like you've got got a lot of bullets coming at us uh, all at once. And and the other thing too is is the fact that you're seeing uh, Christian churches being driven underground. You know, there is that church up in Canada. I know where they had they had arrested the uh, uh, the minister. I think his name is Coates, uh, if I re- if I recall correctly. Forgive me if I'm, I'm making a mistake on that. But uh, his church, uh, I guess they put up a great big. Uh, like a chain link barrier around the thing last weekend, and the church is having to meet essentially meet underground, and and you really do have to wonder if if that type of thing is going to start becoming more and more common in the not too distant future, and and I would not be surprised if that's the case uh, because that that certainly seems to be. Uh, be the direction that that things are headed, but I, I don't want to make this. This is a Friday night, and I know there's a lot of there's a lot of very difficult things going on. I don't want to make light of that because these are um, these are very serious topics, and, and and as Christians, we need not only to be aware of them, but we need to be able to speak out effectively against them. You know, we need to be able to rebuke tyrants from the scriptures, right? I mean, isn't that what the you know the Apostle Paul talked about that in his letter to Timothy? I think it's what uh, second. Um, the uh, was it is it Second Timothy? I hope I'm getting that right. Uh, where he talks about you know, all scriptures um, given by inspiration of God and is profitable for rebuke and correction and, and these types of things. And, uh, and and we as Christians need to be able to rebuke people from the Word of God. But we first have to understand what the Word of God says before we can can rebuke people. And this isn't just people within the church. This is also political leaders and anybody out there who's teaching um, uh, contrary to the Word of God. You know, and and the Word of God has some definite definite and specific things to say about politics and about economics. You know, a lot of times we don't think that, but it does. It it, it very much does speak to these issues. Um, so anyway, I, I say that all by by uh, maybe a little bit of uh, introduction to what I wanted to talk about tonight, principally, and that is the uh, the border crisis that's going on on the uh, the U.S. Mexico border. Now, I had a a friend send me uh, an interesting article. I'm going to go ahead. Let me just bring that up here. We'll. Uh, show that on on screen here. It's actually a, a uh, an article is on on Infowars. I know bad boy Alex Jones, right? Um, well, y- you know Alex Jones, and and I don't know what what you know various people think of him. Some people think he's a nut job. Um, you know, some people. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying he's not above he, that he's above or above criticism. Um, but you know, Alex Jones, he, in my own opinion, he gets a lot of stuff right. He gets a lot of stuff right. And one of the things I thought was very interesting was a piece that he did. This was something that a friend sent to me. This this particular article is dated April 6th. And um, let's talk about it. So the, the title of it, it's, uh, it's a, the, the headline is, is, uh, reads this, Video, Alex Jones Stops Smugglers from Illegally Transporting Children at Border. And it, you read here, it says, Video shows children who just crossed the border being crammed in the back of a truck by Catholic Charities. So let's read through this a little bit. It says, Alex Jones sees a group of children being crammed into the back of a car to be smuggled away and intervenes. And I, w- I won't play the video. I'll, I'll put the link in the, uh, the the show notes here. So if you want to watch this, you, you'll be able to. But I just want to read through a few things here. It says, Jones and the InfoWars crew ran into Drew Hernandez and tracked illegals being dumped in a makeshift border patrol tent camp under the... Uh, and- and Zelduas International Bridge, McAllen, Texas. 
The crew next visited the, the new crowded detention facility in Donna, Texas, where they confronted security guards outside the complex. From there, InfoWars tracked the illegals to what appeared to be a fake COVID-19 test center, then to Catholic Charities, where Jones sat for hours watching the children being crammed in the back of taxis and driven off to airports and bus stations. At that point, the crew spotted people with Catholic Charities attempting to unsafely load young children into vehicles, with many being crammed in the back of vans without seatbelts or car seats. Jones called out the illegal and unsafe smuggling attempt, prompting police officers to get involved. After the crew explained the situation, police proceeded to stop the driver from leaving and forced him to unload the people, uh, though they did not cite him. And let's see, uh, while the government endorses smuggling, Jones uses the state law to point out the massive abuse of these to these undocumented children. Catholic Charities is the same organization handling illegals, uh, handing illegals manila envelopes which have money, vouchers, and instructions on how to be transported to the destination of choice within the U.S. Now, one of the things that I really do appreciate about this article is the fact that it makes very clear that the uh the catholic charities is is neck deep in the the border crisis now one of the criticisms that i've had of of alternate media and and this is when when i talk about alternate media i'm talking about like independent journalists uh you know bloggers youtubers podcasters this kind of thing and and there's a lot of great work that's done out there but one of the things that I find very frustrating is even among independent journalists and, and bloggers and this sort, people who don't have, you know, aren't part of the corporate media structure, when when they talk about immigration, very few of them seem to perceive or be willing to talk about at any rate the critical role that the Roman Catholic Church has in promoting illegal immigration and migration, you know, mass refugee resettlement, all a taxpayer expense, of course. Um, this stuff, you, you can't miss it. You, and, and the only way to not see the major involvement of the Roman church state in this is to be willfully blind. You know, so, I mean, maybe some people overlook it because they're afraid of criticizing Rome. You know, maybe they're being, you know, denounced as Catholic bashers or something, or, um, you know, maybe they're, they're afraid for, for some other reason, you know, um, that, you know, maybe they lose, lose a job or, you know, suffer criticism, this type of thing. But the, the fact of the matter is the Roman church state is, Quite possibly the very the, the biggest single driver of illegal immigration in the United States, not just in the United States, but around the world. Now, one of the things that's interesting um, about the article, if when you watch this video, and I don't know if you can really see it here very clearly, but this particular, I don't know if we can blow this up a little bit here. Let's see if we can try that. I don't know if that's any easier to see or not. Um, uh, that's maybe a little bit too big. Let's try that. Shrink that down just a little bit there. Okay. Um, yeah, let's see if we can see it here. No, I'm not seeing it. That's what happens when you blow stuff up too big. You can't. Uh, you can't actually see it. Oh, here it is. Here it is. I don't know if you can see this very well here or not. If you you happen to be watching the live stream or watching a video of this, there's this. Uh, it's a logo on the side of the. Uh, I guess this is kind of like a crossover. Um, it's not really an SUV. I guess I call it a crossover. I don't know for sure. But anyway, there's a logo on the driver's side door. And when you, when you watch the video, what you can, you can see very clearly what it says. 
And, and it says, uh, Basilica of Our Lady of San Juan del Valle, uh, which is a, uh, a Catholic. It's a, it's a basilica located in San Juan, Texas, which is really close to where this was all going on. San Juan, Texas is close to McAllen, Texas, which is really close to the U.S.-Mexico border. It's kind of right down there in the southern tip of Texas, right? It's, it's close to where, close to the Gulf of Mexico on the, on the east and, and Mexico is just to the south. And, and, and this is, is uh, just a little bit to the north of the border here in Texas where they are. Uh, so you can see the, uh, this logo here on, on the side of the car. And if you, if you watch the video, you can see the driver. He has the same logo. This Our Lady of, uh, of San Juan. Yeah, Our Lady of San Juan del Valle, uh, which is located in San Juan, Texas, which is, again, very close to where all this is taking place. Um, so, I mean, very clearly, this is a, a Catholic operation. And you can see here in this picture right here, too, um, got my cursor around it, the, where it says Catholic charity. So, I mean, this is, this is all being done with Catholic charities. And you can see down here that they have all of these, these young children there, they're pretty much stuffed in the back. You know, and Alex Jones made a, made kind of a big stink about it, um, and, uh, prevented the, uh, the driver from leaving. So it was, it was actually pretty interesting. And, and like I say, um, I, I, I say kudos to, uh, to Alex Jones for actually pointing out um, that uh, the Catholic Charities is is involved in doing this type of thing. Now, this is is kind of just sort of the tip of the iceberg because the the fact of the matter is, and I maybe I, I think I may have talked about it a bit on the. Uh, um, the, the podcast previously, I know I've written quite a bit about this, but just how much uh, Rome pushes illegal immigration. And again, you have to be willfully blind not to see this. And just to give you a few other examples outside of that story from, from InfoWars, here's one of my favorite ones. And this is from the Washington Post. And this was back in 2017, uh, September of 2017. So about three and a half years or so ago. So it's a fairly recent story. And some of you may remember Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon was um, uh, Donald Trump's when he was president. Was President Trump's. He was a, a, a high, uh, high advisor. I, I can't remember the exact. That title here. Okay, he's in fact it even says here, President Trump's former chief strategist. Okay, so Steve Bannon was a was a big shot in the Trump administration, and and he's a pretty well known name. I think not, even now he's out doing some podcasting and things of this sort. So he's he's a public figure. And the headline here it says it reads this: Bannon, Catholic Church needs illegal aliens to fill churches. And when you you read through this, I'll just I won't read the whole article. I'm just going to read a few quotes. And here's the thing you got to understand: Steve Bannon is a Roman Catholic, but he gets what what the Roman Catholic Church is doing, and he doesn't like it. Um, to his credit, and here's what what Bannon has to say here. He says, Bannon, who is Catholic, accused the church of wanting a steady flow of illegal immigrants coming into the country to fill its church pews and make money. Uh, quote, unable to really come to grips with the problems in the church, they need illegal aliens. They need illegal aliens to fill the churches, end quote. Uh, Bannon said in an interview with Charlie Rose O'Air on 60 Minutes on CBS on Sunday, quote, it's obvious on the face of it, end quote. And Bannon continues here, he says, quote, they have an economic interest. They have an economic interest in, interest in unlimited immigration, unlimited illegal immigration, End quote. And then it says, Charlie uh, Rose uh, cut Bannon off and said, that's a tough thing to say about your church. And uh, responds Bannon, he says, as much as I respect Cardinal Timothy Dolan and the bishops on doctrine, this is not doctrine. Uh, 
This is not doctrine at all. I totally respect the Pope, and I totally respect the Catholic bishops and the cardinals on doctrine. This is not about doctrine. This is about the sovereignty of a nation. And in that regard, they're just another guy with an opinion. Well, um, you know, maybe uh, this is one of the things that's interesting to you, because you have Roman Catholics, and Steve Bannon is an example of this, who, who clearly see the the really evil intent of uh, what's being carried out by the Pope and by the bishops and by the cardinals. And what they try to do is they, they, they try, you know, so how do, how do they square that circle? Because on one hand, they're supposed to, to look up, look up to these men as um, spiritual fathers and, and uh, this type of thing. And on the other hand, they're, they're, they, they have enough, you know, they, they get the fact that what's being done by these people they're supposed to be their spiritual fathers are, um, the ideas that they're pushing and, and the actions that they're taking are actually quite evil. And, and, and Bannon calls him out on it. Um, but, you know, I disagree with him when he talks about that this is not doctrine. Actually, it is doctrine. The, the principles that underlie Rome's push for illegal immigration are directly derived from Rome's theology. I mean, they're, they're direct implications of Rome's theology. And the uh, so, I mean, to, to really to try to separate these things and to try to say that it's not doctrine is, you know, Steve Bannon's a smart guy, and, and maybe he's kidding himself here. I don't know. Um, but, but no, this, this stuff is Catholic doctrine. I mean, the, you know, their, their stance on immigration, uh, mass uh, illegal taxpayer subsidized immigration is flows right out of the church's uh, social teaching. Uh, flows right out of its theology. So, so you know, there's it, it's all of a piece. You know, you you can't separate those two. Um, even though uh, Bannon tries to do that, here's another article um, from Bannon. Now, this one is from Newsmax. And this is uh, actually uh, a more recent article. Oh no, let's see. This is from. Uh, from uh, June 17th, 2018, it's got the headline, Ban in Catholic Church, one of the worst instigators of open borders policy. So here he is again, coming back with some of the same things. And let's see, he talks about that somewhere in here. Um, oh, here we go. He says, the Pope, more than anybody else, has driven the migrant crisis in Europe, declared Bannon, who is Catholic. The Catholic Church, I have gone after New York... Uh, Archbishop Cardinal Timothy Dolan, the Catholic Church is one of the worst instigators of this open borders policy. Again, that's that's uh, that's uh, that's Steve Bannon, and he's absolutely right. They are one of the worst. In fact, you could maybe even argue that the Roman Catholic Church is the worst instigator of open borders and in the migrant crisis anywhere in the world. They may be number one, uh, but but whether they're they're number one or number two or where they fall, I mean, they're the the fact of the matter is that that this is all part of of Rome's globalist strategy, and and we'll we'll get back to that. We'll uh, we're going to come back and talk about that um, when we we uh, a little bit later here in the uh, in the podcast. But just keep that in mind. This the the ultimate drive behind this is to weaken. Uh, to undercut nations, to destroy national sovereignty, and ultimately institute world government. That's 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 the game that's being played here. Um, here's another article, and this is kind of interesting. Uh, this is one. Uh, this is from the uh, from. It's called uh, America: The Jesuit Review. So this is actually a pretty uh, prestigious publication, and it's put out by the Jesuits. And I'm not going to read through the article here. 
at length, but just this headline, Is There a Crisis on the U.S.-Mexico Border? It's a tough question to answer. Um, by J.D. Long Garcia. Well, Mr. Long Garcia, no, it's, it's, it's not a tough question to answer. It's a very easy question. Yes, there's a massive crisis on the U.S.-Mexico border, and it's being caused by the Jesuits and by the Roman Catholic Church. That's who's, that's who's mainly pushing this. It's, it's not a tough question to answer. It's a very easy question to answer. And, and, you know, that, that's the kind of, uh, dodge that you would, uh, uh, would pro- would expect out of the Jesuits. Uh, I'm not surprised that they would run a run a headline like that. So what I wanted to do here today is I wanted to to talk about um really one of my uh, one of the the best articles I have ever read on on the subject of immigration, and uh, it's written by a Christian. It's written by a gentleman by the name of Pastor Ralph Ovidal. And it's an older article. It was actually written originally back in 2006. So this article is a good 15 years old. But it's, he really, Pastor Overdahl really hits on, um, so some really key points and, and and they're not just things that are transitory like you know um what what's happening today or what what happened last week or something but but he i think he 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 really does get to some of the bedrock principles that that underlie Rome's push for massive amounts of of uh, of illegal immigration and of course you can see that he can, he he notes this in the title of the article itself romanizing america through illegal immigration now that's kind of actually pretty much what Steve Bannon said, right? I mean, we we went back, you know, just kind of go back to that that uh, original Washington Post article by um, uh, where where Steve Bannon comments on this, and he says uh, he says unable to really come to grips with the problems in the church, they and you know he's talking about the the Roman Catholic Church leadership. They need illegal aliens. They need illegal aliens to fill the churches. And they have an economic interest in unlimited immigration, unlimited illegal immigration. And and he goes and, and later, you know, he he makes this point again. He says, This is about the sovereignty of a nation. And yes, it is. And so Steve Bannon understands that. And uh and, and and of course the Catholic bishops understand that. But one of the things that that it seems like, and this is a frustration of mine, especially, you know, I mentioned my frustration with the uh, the alternate uh, news media and independent journalists not understanding what Rome does. Unfortunately, Protestants do not understand what 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 Rome is doing. And you know the part of the you know the the problem for that the the root of that is is that Protestants aren't taught what Rome is. You know, uh, Protestants are taught in today's you know, Protestant evangelical churches, even in, among churches uh, who claim they claim to be biblical. And maybe they do teach the gospel. I'm not saying they're they're not necessarily Christian churches, but even in churches that that are pretty uh, maybe sound, reasonably sound theologically, um, they do not understand what Rome is. You know, it's it's uh, you know, and the, there's that title of Dave Hunt's book. You know, the woman who rides the beast. It's Mystery Babylon the Great. That's what Rome is. That is what Rome is, and in the office of the papacy, that is, that is the office of Antichrist. You know, and so when we talk about who's Antichrist, well, I mean, we know who the guy is. You know, it's it's Jorge Bergoglio uh, doing business as Francis the First. You know, he's the current occupant of that office. Um, but unfortunately, you know, that's something the Protestants used to understand very well back in the day, but now almost nobody understands it. Um, but, uh, but Pastor Ralph Overdahl understands that and, and he, uh, he is not fooled. He's not deceived. 
You know, it's it's very interesting when you read the New Testament how many times we're told, you know, either by by Jesus or or by Paul, don't be deceived. Uh, because it's easy to be deceived. You know, it, it, it's easy to be deceived, and we need to pray when we pray that God would grant us a discerning mind, that he would grant us discernment. Discernment is very important. It's important that we not be deceived. And, and of course, the way that we're not deceived, the, the first way is, of course, knowing the word of God, you know, and then asking for, for wisdom to, to apply that word to the men, to the situations that, uh, that we run across in, in our lives. And um, too oftentimes, unfortunately, you know, even even believing Christians don't see Rome for for what Rome actually is. But but uh, Pastor Ovidal does, and I, I have a tremendous respect for for the work that he did and and for this particular article. So let's. Um, Let's uh, dig in. As I said, this article was back in 2006. I'm not going to read the entire article, but I, I want to read some portions of it and, and comment on it. Um, and he says, in recent weeks, the advocates of rights of illegal Mexican immigrants, accompanied by and even led by Roman Catholic priests, have staged rallies, protests, and parades all across the United States of America. For instance, on March 25th, 500,000 people took to the streets of Los Angeles, flying Mexican flags, and chanting slogans such as Viva Mexico, or Mexico, I guess is the way they would pronounce that. Uh, another uh, 500,000 marched in Dallas on April 9th, waving Mexican flags with Our Lady of Guadalupe emblazoned on the center. This outburst of protest was a response to several immigration and border reform measures working their way through the U.S. Congress. Due to the efforts of the Mexican government, the criminal neglect of our U.S. government, and a porous U.S.-Mexican border, there are now somewhere between 11 million and 20 million illegal immigrants in the United States of America. So, yeah, there was a, you know, the, 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 uh, the whole uh, immigration thing has been going on for decades. And, and so this is just a snapshot from back in 2006. And I remember when this stuff was going on um, that, um, that uh, Pastor Ovidal mentions here in the article. Um, and, well, let's, uh, let's take a look here. So he, 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 but, but I mean, you notice here, I mean, he, you know, he mentions the fact that, that, very, that much of these, a lot of these rallies were led by Roman Catholic priests. And this is one of the things that you find consistently with um, with, uh, with with these these various uh, you know demonstrations or caravans um, or you know the crisis at the border. I mean, Rome is right in the middle of these things. Rome's representatives, you know, priests, cardinals, bishops, what have you. Um, and uh, Pastor Ovidal continues here. He says, I've been talking about this situation for years in my Heart of the Matter program because of the social, political, and most importantly, spiritual effects uh, that the alien invasion is having on America. It's unfortunate that very few people have been concerned with the religious aspect of this issue. That's exactly right. There are very few people that are concerned with the religious aspect of this issue. I mean, you hear people take up, you know, you know economic um, arguments and, and things of that sort, but they don't get to the religious side of it. And they, they don't, they that very rarely talk about it. It's almost, it's almost like it doesn't exist. And again, it takes a will, almost, uh, I would say a willful blindness to, to miss Rome's involvement in in the, the 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 ongoing migrant crisis that we've had in this country uh, and in Europe, uh, I would point out it's it's equally true in Europe uh, and in Europe for decades. I mean, Rome is driving this thing. 
Over the past few years, I have spent time pointing out that the Roman Catholic Church is aiding and abetting the criminal invasion of America from Mexico because the illegals are almost all Roman Catholics. That church state, which maintains political diplomatic relations with the UN, the EU, the Russian Federation, the Organization for Liberation of Palestine, and 174 nations around the globe, is working both legally and criminally on behalf of a movement, the goal of which is to bring as many Mexicans into America as possible so as to eventually take over a large chunk of our nation for Mexico. This multifaceted movement, made up of radical organizations such as La Raza, Etzlan, and Miche, is called Reconquista. The Reconquista. Maybe I guess. Try to try to roll my R's there. Um, yeah, you you haven't heard in recent years as much about the the Reconquista. I know that that was really big about fifteen years ago, but that that is essentially what's what's happening here. Um, and over it all continues. The leadership of the Roman Catholic Church has a stake in Reconquista. The Pope and his henchmen are looking to turn America, founded and still founded and still a Protestant country, into a Roman Catholic country. But space requires that I narrow this discourse down to providing documentation of just of that just-made claim, which to some people makes me not only a Catholic basher, but also a white supremacist. That's what Alex Koppelman, a columnist for the Drexel University magazine Dragonfire, called me on March 30, 2006 column, in which he included the statement from an article I wrote some time ago. And anyway, so... Yeah, I mean, one of the things, anytime you talk about um, the the situation on the border, anytime you raise the claim, you're immediately denounced. I mean, one of the, the quickest ways they try to shut people down is to accuse them of being racist or white supremacists or or something like that. Um, yeah, and what they try to do is they, they try to... Um, you know the the Roman Catholic Church and and her defenders uh, basically try to to throw mud on on the person who's who's pointing out their their wicked uh, wicked activities their destructive activities. Now, one of the things that I think is is very interesting here is that um, uh, Pastor Ovidal talks about a uh, a paper, and this is really kind of the sort of the heart of of his. Uh, his uh, his essay here. There is a a paper that was issued in 2003. It was a joint. It was issued jointly by the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops along with the uh, the Mexican uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops. And the title of the, uh, the 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 paper was called "Strangers No Longer: Together on the Journey of Hope: A Pastoral Letter Concerning Migration." And uh, Pastor Overdahl describes it this way. He says, quote, This lengthy authoritative document contains statement after brazen statement endorsing and encouraging illegal immigration from Mexico. The bishops include a glossary of terms in which they differentiate between an immigrant, a legal immigrant, a refugee, um, and a migrant, uh, one who freely moves back and forth across national borders. The bishops make it clear throughout the document that their concern is for undocumented immigrants and migrants, the illegals. Now, this is, okay, so th- this is a great point that uh, Pastor Overdahl brings up. And this is true anytime you read anything by Rome about immigration. They're, they're, they always talk about the rights and, and what have you of the people who are uh, illegally immigrating. And they never, or, or relatively rarely, and that in only um, 
qualified terms, talk about the rights of the actual citizens of the country. You know, it's there's there's this, there's this constant focus on the the right of the immigrant. You know, they they have a right to to food, housing, shelter, jobs, and schooling, and and you know this whole nine yards of uh, of uh, of things. And, and they never quite. This is the thing: the bishops never quite get around to saying who pays, who's who's supposed to pay for it. Um, now, of course, we know who ends up paying for it, and that is is the American taxpayer. I mean, it's millions and billions of dollars in in subsidies. Um, to to pay for all of the free stuff that that our government gives to uh, to illegal immigrants. I mean, they hit the lottery. I mean, we've got this really weird way of of dealing with immigration in this country. We say don't come, but if you come, we're going to shower you with fabulous cash and prizes. And, and of course, not only does the Roman Catholic Church encourage people to come too, but they also work and lobby here in the United States to create the welfare state, to shower these people with all the money once they do get here. And you may recall in that, uh, that article, I'm going to go back to that article in, uh, on InfoWars. Uh, at the very end here, it says this. It says, Catholic Charities is, that, is the same organization handing illegals manila envelopes which have money, vouchers, and instructions how to be transported to their destination of choice within the U.S. So, I mean, Catholic Charities is, is, handing, out the, is, is handing out the loot. And that's not the only source of cash and and uh, thing and, and and freebies that are given to people who violate American immigration law, but that's that's how they get started. And and you know and Catholic charities is pushing this stuff, and that may that money that they're giving out may very well have originated with with American taxpayers. Um, the the Catholic charities gets a massive subsidy. Uh, they actually get paid to resettle refugees uh, for the government. Catholic charities actually functions as a contractor, a refugee resettlement contractor, and they get a lot of money for this. Um, so it, it'd be interesting to know what the source of that that money was. Um, it, it very well may be U.S. taxpayer money. So uh, well, let's take a look here. So what, what what else do they say? Maybe a few things that grab grab the eye here. Um, okay. Here's a, an interesting paragraph. Of course, the quote from John Paul takes us back to my claim that the leadership of the Catholic Church is so very concerned about the human rights of illegals because those illegals not only add numbers to the Pope's flock, but also spread Romanism to America. The bishops are not shy on that point and give some straightforward instruction for equipping the illegals pouring in from Mexico. Prayer books and guides to social, religious, social and religious services should be provided along the way and at points of arrival. The migrants should be reminded of their role as evangelizers. Uh, it is one thing for religion to equip its followers as evangelizers, but it's quite another thing when they are being equipped as criminals violating the border of a free nation. Yeah, that's, a, that's a very good point. Excellent point. Uh, Pastor Ovidal continues, The bishop's pastoral letter is far from being the only documentation which could be given to prove that the Roman Catholic Church is unlawfully using illegal Mexican immigrants to build her power base in America. For instance, Cardinal Theodore McCarrick of Washington, D.C. said this about illegals in El, pa in El Paso Times. They come with the values that are so needed in the United States today. This is a special moment in history of the Catholic Church and the history of migration. Now, that reminds me of something. He's talking about this Cardinal McCarrick fellow. Now, this article 
was written back in 2006. So this is before McCarrick got himself in some hot water. But I believe, in fact, let's see if I can find a note here. Um, the uh, Cardinal McCarrick, he got in a lot of hot water because he was engaged in some uh, predatory um, sexual abuse at, uh, at, at a seminary, a Catholic seminary where he taught. And I'm trying to find, I believe that he was, was uh, even defrocked by the Pope. Um, let's see. Yeah, the Vatican removed, uh, the Vatican removed McCarrick from public ministry in June 2018 amid allegations of sexual abuse decades earlier involving a teenage altar boy. It's revealed at the time that he had been accused uh, over the years of sexual misconduct by three others. Among the more than 100 recipients were Pope, uh, Oh, I guess he was, I guess this McCarrick was sending out money. And it says among the more than 100 recipients were Pope John Paul II who received $90,000, I guess from this, uh, I guess it was some kind of a, a slush fund that, that McCarrick uh, oversaw. And, uh, but anyway, yeah, this, this McCarrick guy got into a lot of trouble a few years ago. I mean, with, within the last three or four years, and I, I believe he was, uh, I believe that he was, uh, was defrocked. And again, I'm trying to see. Let's see if we can find anything out there. Okay, yeah, here we go. And this is a Washington Post article, and you know, just I'll just read the headline here. It just says "Ex Cardinal." Well, it's not being very nice here. Hmm. Ex Cardinal McCarrick defrocked by Vatican for sexual abuse. So I mean, I mean, right there, and of course, now that that article is from 2019. Okay, so so Ralph Overdahl, um, Pastor Overdahl, he's writing back in in 2006, you know, about McCarrick's uh, fraudulent uh, teaching about immigration. You know, in in McCarrick's conducting all kinds of very corrupt, uh, um, uh, very corrupt activities on the side. In fact, the headline of one article that I have here on McCarrick, it says, Cardinal ousted on sex abuse claims, gave $600,000 to fellow clerics, including two popes, report says. So I don't know, maybe he was giving out that $600,000 as hush money for all I know. I, I, I don't know for sure. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, so that's the kind of guy that McCarrick is. But McCarrick uh, thinks it's okay to have the United States invaded by illegal immigration. And, and he's, uh, he's pretty happy about that. Um, and looking through, let's see a little bit of the rest of this here. Uh, yeah, here we go. This is, I, I think this is really the, uh, maybe the money paragraph in, in this particular article, because it really goes to show that Pastor Ovidal gets ultimately what Rome's goal is. It's not just a matter of bringing them in and, and filling the churches and, and even just, just uh, making the United States a majority Roman Catholic country, although they would like to do that. There's no question about it. But what they really want to do is they want to subvert uh, the United States and in any other sovereign nation. Uh, and by doing so, 
to move everybody into this, move us all into this great big globalist system, which which the popes love. There, I mean, the the Vatican is the senior globalist organization in the entire world. I mean, it's not the World Economic Forum, it's not the Bilderbergers, it's not the Council on Foreign Relations, um, it's not any of these organizations. I mean, it, it's the Roman the Roman Church state. They are the ultimate globalists. Uh, they're not the only globalists, but they are the uh, they're the senior partner in all this. So let me just read for you this this uh, paragraph. It's toward the end of uh, Pastor Overdahl's article. Uh, the Pope and his people do not care one whit about the economic and social effects of their campaign to Romanize in America. They do not care that we now have thousands of vicious MS-13 gang members, illegals, from Central America roaming the streets of American cities. The scarlet and purple cadres couldn't care less about the danger that unsecured borders pose for the citizens of America in this day of Islamic Jihad. The woman who has ridden the beast in the past wants to get back in the saddle again in the worst way. The predominantly Protestant nature of America's culture and our traditional defense of our national sovereignty are obstacles which stand in the way of the world without borders, which is in Rome's best interests. The bishops, of course, in compliance with their bosses' wishes, have seen the benefit of America's poorest border and are determined to seize the moment. Now is the time for both the United States and Mexico to work toward a globalization of solidarity. Uh, and that, that final uh, bit, it's a, uh, it's a quote from Strangers No Longer. Um, that's the, the that position paper that was written back in 2003 by uh, by the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and the Me- Mexican bishops. And maybe what I'll do, I think what I would like to do, Lord willing, is is perhaps next week come back and talk through uh, Strangers No Longer because it's a it's a somewhat long document, but it's a pretty important document. And and I, I think it's something that as Americans, I think we need to be aware of, and I think very few Americans and, and even very few Christians really know. Just how um, how dangerous an organization the Roman Catholic Church is, and and what it's attempting to do to the sovereignty of the United States of America. Um, you know, it's it's doing what it's always done. I mean, uh, I want I, I like what uh, the way Pastor Rival puts this here. I'm going to go back and read that again. He says this: the woman who has ridden the beast in the past wants to get back in the saddle again in the worst way. So I mean, you know, back in the in the Middle Ages, of course, Rome Rome ruled Europe. I mean, you you couldn't hardly uh, swat a fly in in Europe without having to uh, uh, get permission from the Pope. Of course, I'm I'm exaggerating a little bit, but but the the Roman Catholic Church was the dominant uh, organization in, in Europe. There's no question about it uh, throughout the Middle Ages, and, and that really didn't end until the Protestant Reformation. Um, especially beginning with you know with Martin Luther in, in 1517, um, and of course Rome wants to return to that. Those are the good old days. You know, it's always interesting when you read um, Roman Catholic uh, writers. Sometimes, basically, you know, they 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 wax uh, wax uh, uh, nostalgic for the Middle Ages. You know, they talk about oh those those good old Middle Ages and everything was awesome until this this dirty rat. Uh, Martin Luther came along and and ruined everything, and and of course they've been trying to to put it all back to you know, back together since then, you know, to to reconstruct Christendom, uh, and they're working very hard to do that. And uh, we need, as as Christians, we need to to rebuke these people, rebuke these popes and cardinals and bishops and priests and anybody who who tries to subvert the sovereignty of the United States of America or the sovereignty of any other country. Um, with uh, with with uh, 
Romanist uh, globalism. Uh, this is this is very dangerous stuff. So anyway, that's uh, I guess that'll be a maybe a good stopping point here for this week. Uh, I do appreciate you you watching. For those of you on the, watching the live stream, thanks for joining me today. Appreciate that. And I'll go ahead and I'll uh, get this posted as a as a podcast uh, here this evening. So until next time, we uh, we talk. I, I wanted to say may the the spirit of truth guide you in all truth as you read and study God's word. Good night, everybody. <laughs>